Welcome to the Unbreakable Woman podcast, where you will hear faith-based conversations with unbreakable women on health, parenting, relationships, business, and much more. We hope that you will grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever your drink of choice is, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unbreakable Woman podcast with myself, Megan, and my wonderful co-host, May. Hello, May. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. I'm excited for this week's episode. I feel like it's kind of been a long week, and I just enjoy our our talks, and um, I, I get a lot of peace in our conversations, and I'm excited for this one particularly because this topic this week is close to my heart, so I'm excited to, just to discuss that, but how are you doing? I am good. I am good. I am excited for this conversation as well. I feel that your story is really going to be something that um, many women are going to identify with and or um, it's going to create awareness. And I think that's so important for us to talk about this subject. So I'm super excited for this. Yeah, me too. I agree. I agree. It's been a week. So tell me, first of all, before we get into it, Tell me something that's tried to break you this week. Something that's tried to break me this week has just been discouragement. Discouragement. I'll just say that blanket statement. And discouragement specifically around just trying to get certain things done and feeling that um, there's so many different roadblocks and hindrances that get in the way of trying to move as quickly as I would like to move. Um, mm-hmm. And also just, you know, it just, it just feels sometimes, you know, you, you have to work and collaborate with people and do things with people. And sometimes, you know, it just, it doesn't go the way you expected or thought it should. Um, and so it can, it can be discouraging when you're trying to move and shake, but then mm-hmm. there are you know, roadblocks in the way. So I'm going to say that that was a thing that really tried to break me this week is just that spirit of discouragement that makes you feel like, gosh, you know, it just makes you feel almost like wanting to give up, you know, like, is this worth all the trouble? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. those sort of feelings. And it's like, no, nay, we're going to fight through this. You're not going to let this break you. There's always going to be challenges in the road and we are made to do hard things. I can do hard things by the power of the Holy spirit and Mm -hmm. I can, um, I can get along with the people that I need to get along with to make things happen. I can collaborate with people who are hard to collaborate with. Um, I can do everything that I am graced to do in this season. And so Mm -hmm. I pick up myself by the, by the Holy spirit and I keep charging forward and not mm-hmm. let that spirit of discouragement um, hold me back or um, or cause me to want to quit. So I, I have a victory mindset. I have victory in Christ Jesus. And so we are going to charge forward. So that was mm-hmm. my thing. How about you, Megan? What's one thing that tried to break you this week? Well, uh, yeah, maybe more than one thing, I would say. Um, <laughs> Maybe more than one thing. Just the, the 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 rounds of sickness, of course, going passing person, um, 
and as you know, you know, Noah, poor guy, got sick on his birthday and we had to cancel his party the next day. And um, he's kind of been battling this strange sickness thing that's been sort of going around. And um, he went to the doctor several times. And, you know, like I was saying, we finally got him medicine yesterday. And today he's doing better. But I asked the doctor, I said, what is this weird bug that's going around? Because it seems to affect everybody differently. And he said, yes, yeah, the rotavirus. And I said, the, the what now? <laughs> he said, uh -huh. the rotavirus, R-O-T-A. Um, I've never heard of it, but I looked it up and I was uh -huh. like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. He's like, some people make them throw up. Some people make them have diarrhea. Some people um, just a little congestion. And I'm thinking, wow, how is it? Ama it's amazing how it can just affect people so differently. And he said, uh -huh. depending on people's immune systems, you know, for me, I think I just had... A, a cold and, and and way back in the beginning when Asha did and that was pretty much it and then it's, it hit Artif hard and Artif doesn't get sick with all the congestion luckily he didn't get any of the other stuff but his mum did his mum got the stomach bug um, she got all the stuff and she just went back to Canada yesterday so she was uh, still not 100% unfortunately and she's been dealing with that sickness for gosh over a week now Um yeah like nine days or something and then he said it can last up to 12 days as well which is just crazy to me asher had it for a week luckily he wasn't throwing up but it was it was the other side and it was very messy and not fun for a week poor guy would wake mm. up covered in poop and all that stuff i think i oh, mentioned it in the last podcast when he was sick but so it's just kind of just been from person to person and then the strangest thing happened to me. I want to say it was on Saturday or Sunday, but it must have been Saturday. I had a like this anxiety um, attack, I want to say it felt like, and I had this pressure in my chest. And it was like the most uncomfortable thing and it just wouldn't leave me and it was just, I couldn't escape it. So um, Artif and I ended up praying and praying and praying. And um, after maybe an hour or so, it kind of lifted off and and, and went. But it was pretty bad. Um, I'd only ever experienced something like that when I was in, in one of Pastor Danny's sessions when I was getting deliverance. That's what it felt like. So I won't wow. get into it too much, but it was insane what happened. Um, and ever since then, I felt light as a feather if I'm all if I'm honest and um I fell asleep that night listening to Psalms and it was the most relaxing thing and I had the best night's sleep wow and it was like something kind of spiritually just broke off I also stopped drinking coffee again so I think I'm on like the third day now so I'm doing my my coffee oh, very nice yeah I'm doing my coffee fast again which to be honest that day when it was happening I was like no I I was adamant. I was like, no, I quit coffee. I quit coffee because, you know, I only have a cup or two a day. But when I feel like something starts to take power over me, I kind of, I'm like, no, I need to cut this off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I get that with coffee specifically, I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, I enjoy it. But then mm -hmm. I start to just be drinking it, even though I'm just, you know, so I'm like, no, this, this, I, I need to just kind of, and so I've been drinking back to my tea and I'm loving it. I'm actually not missing coffee. So, um, yeah, thank God. But those things I would say, but I really, what I did do was I really pressed into prayer, like diligently. 
pressed into prayer and seeking God, praying, listening to Psalms, um, and being intentional with my my prayer. Sometimes we can fall into this this religious prayer of I know I need to connect with you, Lord. I'm going to go through, you know, everything I'm thankful for and and every but you we're missing that connection. We're missing that connect because we're it's almost like we're trying to just check something off the list. And that's not what it's about. And I noticed the difference because I wasn't really connecting with God. So my I connected with him. And as soon as I did, it, it was kind of like, I mean, I've been here. I've been waiting for you kind of thing. And he gave me the desires of my prayers that I've been asking for the last week just because he answered my prayer in a night because I actually came to him with my heart mm. and with my time and with my intentions. And in complete surrender, I would say, and that makes all the difference in prayer. And since then, it's been, yeah, much, much better. So that was kind of a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, you know, I think that's going to be a major topic that we talk about more than once. I think, actually, we should probably talk about that the next time that we, we, um, we, we record because anxiety is a big one. And it's something that um, I, too, you know, I've struggled with and, and, and I, I'm believing that I'm delivered from it. But I think it's important we talk about it because so many people are struggling with anxiety and fighting anxiety and not and feel alone. So many people feel alone in the struggle, you know, the fight against anxiety and, and you're not alone. And mm-hmm. God wants you to know that. Um, and it's this, it's this thing we can have deliverance from the spirit we can have deliverance from and God wants us delivered from it. And so I think it's something we need to talk about. And I am so glad that you shared that prayer, pressing into prayer, that is absolutely what we need to do. And, um, and I'm not going to go all the way into it, but I think that there are people have questions, well, I do pray and I'm still not, you know, that sort of a thing. And I just think mm-hmm. that there's some things that I would like for us to really discuss around that and what to do. So I, um, so that will be an upcoming episode. So stay tuned. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about breast implant illness, BII as it's known as as well. And um, we just wanted to, we thought it was important for us to take the time to discuss this because this is something that again, so many women um, are unaware of, and um, they don't know that they have this illness. They don't know what's causing them to be sick, and um, and it's a growing, it's a growing um, medical, should I say philosophy? Because of not all medical doctors are um, are agreeing with what BII is or acknowledging that BII is actually a thing. Um, especially in the um, plastic surgeon world, but mm-hmm. many women are are struggling with breast implant illness. And mm-hmm. you have been so open with your story, Megan, and um, and I just applaud your courage in this in this in this area, sharing your story, sharing um, you know what you've been through, your journey in this. And so we thought that we would take this time today to talk about this and again, to create that awareness. And if you have implants or are thinking of getting breast implants or you have a friend 
who has breast implants and may be, you know, sick or you've noticed things, this will be an episode that we would love for you to share with your friend and um, for you to just really um, listen closely to because Megan's story is so um, powerful and how God really led her to answers. And so with that, Megan, would you just kind of share a little bit about your story with BII? Well, let's just actually go back. What made you decide, when did you decide to um, get breast implants and what made you decide to get them? Yes, yes. Um, So I got breast implants back in, I want to say 2007 or 2008. I was 20 years old. Um, And I got them because I'd always been set that I was going to get them since I was a young kid. And I think the reason why was because my mum had them and my four aunts had them and it was normal. It was like, oh, this is what you do. You know, you don't have boobs, you get breast implants. And I think at that, I was still so young that I, you know, didn't even think about whether I would have them or not have like ha- have natural boobs or not. It was like, oh, you know, well, it's just something that you do because my mom, my mom had them, I suppose. I, I, I honestly, I don't even know. I just remember knowing as, as young as I was, I was like, no, this is what I want to do when I get older. And when I turn 18, I'm going to have them. And so I kind of always had it in my mind for, for some crazy reason. And my mom never um, talked to me out of it. You know, she just said, do what you want to do. And if that's what, what you want and you feel, you know, she t- told me her story, I remember, and why she got them. And um, so I kind of had it set in my mind. And when I was 20 years old, I went through with the surgery and I remember being absolutely terrified um, just to even have surgery, obviously, but I was adamant, I suppose, to have them and recovered very quickly and, you know, never had any problems that I was aware of. Um, the only thing looking back now, I would say, was I was tired a lot of the time. And because I got them so young, I to go back in my memory it's kind of you 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 almost think like because I had him for almost 14 years oh you're I was always that way like I was always kind of just tired a lot or fatigued a lot or um got sick a lot was you know would catch things more than other people my immune system was weaker than other people's and I just sort of accepted that thing and I didn't attribute it obviously to my to my breast implants or to anything like that I just thought it was the way I was but, um, and you know, bad hangovers, for example, I would have a, like two glasses of wine and the next day I would have a terrible hangover just from, you know, just from that. So even being young, that was how, how I was. But it wasn't until I got to um, be pregnant with my second child, Asha, and um, I got COVID when I was 38 weeks pregnant and I was very sick, had a fever for over a week and was in bed for three weeks right up until I gave birth um with pneumonia and very um un- like very sick very unable to to breathe properly my husband had to help me out of bed help me to the bathroom um help me bathe help me do everything one because I was so pregnant and two because I had no energy and I was I was that sick went to the ER I think four times in a week check on the baby and also because I couldn't breathe very well my oxygen was going down so much it was a scary time and then after I had Asha I didn't really get better 
in fact, I started developing more and more strange things. And we could not really figure out why or what was going on. I did a lot of research on my own and put it down to, oh, I have something called long COVID, where I'm, all of my COVID symptoms are just lingering, you know, lingering, lingering. And then I started developing other things like constantly constipated and having sort of these lumps on my right side of my abdomen. When I would lay down, they would sort of move. So I ended up going to um, have a, what do you call it? Uh, one of those enema, bar a barium enema, where they look inside your colon and they wanted to do a colonoscopy. Um, I, they sent me to a pulmonologist. They sent me to an ENT because I lost my sense of smell and taste for over a year and um, couldn't smell anything, couldn't taste anything. Food tasted absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I, it was bizarre. And I started to journal. The Lord told me to start to journal. So I did. I started to, to journal the things I was going through and all my symptoms. My symptoms ranged from tachycardia to bradycardia to insom insomnia, anxiety, depression, um, to dizziness, shaking, tremors, um, obviously the constipation, migraines, um, muscle aches. I had... Um, it's where, uh, uh, what do you call them? The stockings, the, the, the compression. I got diagnosed with POTS and dysautonomia by my neurologist. I had a lot of things going on and it was getting worse and worse and worse. But um, I'm trying to think like the long, the long story short really is that I started praying every single day to God that he would reveal to me what was going on because the doctors they didn't know they would look at me blankly and it's it's very deflating when you're going from doctor to doctor to doctor when you mm -hmm. have a newborn when you have a young baby that you're trying to take care of and you have a and you have a three-year-old and yeah. you have a husband and you have a business and you're you're needed and you have no energy and Nobody knows what's wrong with you, except you feel like you're dying every single day. That was how I felt. So then with your research, what was that? What were the few things that really made you begin to that really began to open up your eyes to breast implant illness? Was there anything specifically because you had a lot of symptoms and perhaps some of them might have been due to long COVID or, you know, to COVID symptoms? Because, you know, I, I think that there are men who experience that that have had COVID, right? So mm -hmm. was there some specific things that you were able to tie back to your implants? Yes. And um, a lot of these things were exasperated because of what my body was already going through. And that mm -hmm. was what I was sort of later to learn to find out. And that is... Um, out of you know his his fa a family member of his had had her breast implants removed two years prior and Artif had mentioned to me before randomly hey do you think it could be your breast implants and then he had told me before and, and I was like oh, I don't see how it's related I just and I would kind of you know push it off like I, I don't see how that has anything mm -hmm. to do with it and then another time he brought it up and he said well why don't you just sort of talk to 
talk to her about it. Had um, gosh, what was it? Is it limes? I think it was limes. She'd had a she'd had a, um, an autoimmune disorder, and she was very sick a lot of the time. And she got she was she had her breast implants out two years later she all of her stuff had gone away and it was quite miraculous the difference in her and um I can remember praying and praying and praying and I remember in um April I I shared this at Chica I had one morning sat at the table Asha was born in December the end of December and so we're in April now and I'd opened up my bible and I said God, I need to hear from you. I need a word from you. I need to hear from you now. And um, I think it was John 11, 4, I want to say, or 4, 11. Um, I don't know the exact address. It was one or the other. And I opened it right up and my eyes went straight to the verse that this sickness will not end in death, but to glorify me and my son through me. And I remember reading that thinking, okay, because I remember I'm waking up every single day not knowing what's wrong with me, thinking I am going to die. Mm-hmm. And I read this, this sickness is not going to end in death, but to glorify me. And I have no idea what that means, but I trust it because I trust God as he has revealed to me so many times how one faithful he is and two, how real he is. So I knew that was from that was from him. So Atif and I continue to, to pray. And in July together in the bedroom we were kneeling on the floor holding hands and we were praying and I remember always doing the same prayer I, I said I'm going to be like the the um the widow is it the widow the persistent widow. yeah I'm going to continue to the persistent widow to continue to cry out to you until you answer my prayers Lord God I'm praying for healing I'm praying for healing I'm praying for answers I'm praying for healing and that was my prayer every day and Artif said, the Lord told me the number nine. And I said, September. And he said, I don't know. He said, just saying nine. And I said, and the first thing that had come to my mind was September. I'm thinking logically, right? That's where my mind goes. I'm like, nine means September, September. God's going to heal me in September. And Artif says again, he's like, I don't know, just the number nine. So I ran with September and I held on to it. I grabbed hold of it. I was like, September the Lord's going to heal me in September and um, in August was when I went to my neurologist he diagnosed me with POTS and dysautonomia and um, I'd found out I had a rare blood disorder where um, I was at an increased risk for blood clotting anti-cardiolipid it was called where the blood becomes sticky blood and um, I had to start taking aspirin every day to try to thin my blood my hair was falling out. Um, it had gotten so thin at that point that I only ever wore it in a braid and never did anything else with it because it was so bad. And I was trying to take supplements and do all this all this stuff for it. But I was feeling pretty, pretty hopeless. And I remember being on stage sharing, sharing something at, at Chica, you know, sharing part of my journal. But the other day I was actually going through my cupboard what's called my miracle journal and it, on the front of it it's the actual journal says a promise journal and I use this as my miracle journal and on the front is Psalms 40 it says be still and know that I am God and I was going through it just reading all the things I was grateful for and I stumbled across this page I wrote Friday June 25th 2021 and it says 
I have not had my results yet from the colon enema. I did read the report, which says that they do not see any significant findings. And I put, I'm grateful for this. And I underlined it. And I wrote, I've been very bloated and in pain and constantly constipated. I'm grateful that I am well. Thank you, Jesus. And this is, I know me. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to have faith. This This is what I'm, this is me suffering and having faith. And I put, this is the toughest, this has been the toughest year of my life. And I thought 2017 was hard when I had Noah, this trumps it, but not because of baby Asher, but rather dealing with an array of odd symptoms and feeling unwell, battling depression and anxiety, lingering COVID symptoms while navigating breastfeeding and parenting two children. It's been a long season, yet there has been, there has been peace throughout, which I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the healthcare that we have. And I pray to, to, to feel even better or to find even better i can't read this when this ends in september thank you jesus so this is me having faith and i wrote many times in my journal about september 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 august comes along i get those results and i'm still not believing it and in my other journal my my regular journal i'm writing 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 and i'm i'm like i'm I'm still believing September and I even write in the beginning of September. All right, God, it's September now. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. It's September. Mm-hmm. First, second comes along and I write. Um, Artif comes again and he says, I really think it could be your breast implants. Wow. At the beginning of September, just randomly one day when I'm in the bathroom comes to me. And he said, would you look into this? Would you please just reach out to this family member and just talk to them? So I did. I said, all right, I don't know that you're going to want me without breast implants. This is really, truly my words. I was like, I don't know how that I'm going to look that great. Had them for a very mm-hmm. long time. And I, but I said, and I looked at him and I was like, you know what? I'm willing to do this. If it means like I have a chance, if this is giving me a chance at being well again, that this possibly could be it, I'm willing to take that risk. So I reached out to her and she told me about this group on Facebook breast implant uh, breast implant healing by nicole i think it was called it's a couple hundred thousand members she invited me to the group she said just do your research this is what happened to me this was what was going on with me and um reach out to these women and read their stories so i did people they were very vulnerable women posting pictures and they had a checklist of all the symptoms and i was going through looking at all these symptoms and i'm like i have every single one of these symptoms every single one of them and I was like this could be it this could be it so I started I I called Artif and I said I'm gonna do it and he was like really I said I'm gonna do it I'm gonna look for a surgeon right now so I started calling surgeons and they had to be a specific surgeon that um you know was a specialist in explanting because they have to remove the capsule when a foreign object goes into your body your body's natural defense is to seal it off so Mm. it's going to surround it whether it's a pacemaker whether it's an artificial um whatever they whatever anything that goes in your body your body just seals it off so what they say is when with your implants they have to remove doing either what's called an end block where they remove the whole thing the capsules as one or they do a total capsulectomy where they remove the implant and then they scrape out all of the capsule as well. And they have to get rid of all the scar tissue because many women had reported that they had not done that and they hadn't gotten better again. So they had to have surgery again to remove all of the wow. 
the capsule and the scar tissue and then they had got better after that because your body can't break down the scar tissue so um that kind of led me up into that point until i found a surgeon and um i called the surgeon and you know they're scheduling four to six out from consultation for surgery and he couldn't get me an appointment for a month and then said oh actually we can get you in the scottsdale office in two weeks so this would September 20th for a consultation and in my mind I'm thinking I'd already made my mind up right at that point so I'm like okay I'm going to take the appointment but how am I going to wait two weeks I I can barely survive a day at this point every single day is miserable how am I going to do this and I was finding so much hope in these women's stories and in um, this family member and I was I was bubbling up inside like wow this could be it this could be it I know this is it I know this is it Lord this is this has got to be it and all of a sudden I just kind of realized like this has to be it what else could it be and and it was at that point that I was just go hung like get these out of me get these out of me I can't Mm. wait I can't wait so that was kind of up up until that point um and then the day before my appointment, I remember being in my bathroom, getting out of the shower and feeling excited, but also feeling scared and hopeless at the same time. And I got down on my knees and I prayed and I said, God, I, I don't know how much longer I can, I can truly wait I just want to be well. And Lord, I'm, play- I'm praying for a cancellation that I won't have to wait another few months for surgery if this is the surgeon. First of all, I was praying that it would be the right surgeon. And second of all, that if he is, that I would be able to get in, that there would be an opening, that there would be um, a cancellation, that there would be just something in the next seven days. <laughs> and I smiled as I was crying and I said, this is how bold sometimes I talk to the Lord in my, in my, not my fear, but my desperation, I want to say. Because mm-hmm. he's done this for me before. And when I've been in, in situations where I've not known how, I've, how I'm going to get out. And I come to him without a second plan, without, without a backup plan, without any other mm. thought. But this is it, Lord. This is all we have. And I'm giving this to you, please. And asking in in a way that is just like the bible says when i'm truly weak and and i've got nothing else and i'm desperate and i did and i said i need i need i need this lord i need you please and i was crying and i said in the next 7 days i'm believing for a miracle and i got up you know got myself dressed and so on and then went to my appointment the next day who was a great surgeon And I was, you know, excited. I explained to him the process, what I needed to have done. He said, absolutely no problem. And he kind of, because he's a general surgeon and a plastic surgeon, he couldn't really say, you know, case by case that he said someone, some women get better when they have them taken out and some women don't. And I understand and I respect his position being that he is, does do plastic surgery still and does still put implants Mm -hmm. in. So did he... um... Did he in any way try to push back on your decision as a plastic surgeon? Did he agree, did he, um, agree with you that 
it could be causing illness. What was his his stance around breast implants? As I feel like based because of our conversation after, which I'll tell you later on, um, I feel like he was kind of on the fence because he could see I was very unwell and he did say later on um, how unwell I looked and he didn't Mm. have a problem saying that to me later on because I looked so much better Um, he couldn't actually believe the difference that he saw in me and so um, I believe he was nervous to really and I don't think he really wanted to speculate, to be honest. I think that he was mm-hmm. willing willing to do the job professionally and do exactly as I'd asked him. I asked him to take pictures of the capsules to make sure that they, everything was removed. And he, and I, I'll tell you this after, but, um, and also to get my implants back because I wanted to see them and test for the specific type of cancer that is related. And now the FDA have announced is related to breast implants. What cancer and is that? That is, um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Mm. But it is online. If you just put in breast implant um, cancer or cancer related to breast implants, it will come It will come right up. Because the FDA made an announcement two weeks after my, the first time ever about breast implants and added what's called a black box warning to them saying that, um, they are not lifetime devices they will need to be changed they recommend that you know they'd be changed every 10 years and that you're you're at risk of this specific type of cancer and um obviously disclaimer everyone who's listening i'm not a doctor i'm just repeating what the doctor has had told me yes um headaches joint pain um was a bunch of symptoms that they had now related to breast implants and the FDA had to add these warnings and surgeons now have to go through a new procedure and checklists when they are um, advising and educating their clients who want to get breast implants, which never happened with me. They would say they probably never have to be changed and so on. They can't do that anymore. The FDA have officially changed that the law with that and their Mm. requirements. So that is a thing now um, that they did. But um, he didn't really, yeah, he didn't really have a position. He kind of just was doing what I, what I had asked him. And I, I had boldly kind of asked him cause I wanted to know his position too. And he, he had said some women get better and some people don't. And so it's, it's kind of a risk. And I said, do I need a lift? He said, no. Um, which, you know, you th- try and talk into that, which is probably sometimes a red flag to- and most women go in, most of the women I know, they only go in to see a plastic surgeon for a lift and somehow get talked into implants. It's just mm. kind of the industry, unfortunately. So he said that you didn't need a lift. At that moment, you were still thinking about your parents, right? And what mm-hmm. you would look like. But um, it sounds like you didn't have to do anything extra. Yeah, I didn't need to do anything. And I knew I probably wouldn't because it just wasn't enough breast tissue I, I was pretty small like I just I, I can remember why I wanted breast implants in the first place so um but in the back of my mind I really wasn't concerned about how I was gonna look I I, I honestly I didn't care I just wanted to get them out and he could really he could really see that mm-hmm. so I I said to him okay great you know when when can we get scheduled and this is when his assistant came in too so there's the three of us in the room and I said listen I'm really desperate. I really need to 
I want to get them out as soon as possible. If you have a cancellation list, can you please add me to it? Um, I would like to get them done as soon as possible. And they said, okay, you know, no problem. Obviously, COVID restrictions are making this very difficult right now with cancellations because we're, they're requiring a three-day test period where you have to provide a negative um, PCR test. I think it was a PCR test three days before the surgery. And he said, here's an example. He said, tomorrow, I'm supposed to be doing three surgeries. One in the afternoon is a breast augmentation. And she tested positive for COVID. He said she's asymptomatic. She's absolutely fine, but she has a positive test. So he said, if it wasn't for the testing aspect, I would be able to do the surgery for you tomorrow. And I looked at him and I looked at his assistant and I said, well, would the surgery center accept a rapid test? And they were like, uh, honestly, I don't, we don't know it's possible, but they were kind of like skeptical thinking that they probably wouldn't. And he said, but he said, you know what we want to ask and find out. He said, this is why I want to open my own center and not have to rely on a surgery center and, you know, their rules and so on. Right. And, um, I said, yeah, please. Absolutely. Cool. And she, she called them and, um, she came back in and she said, yeah, they will. They'll accept a, a rapid test. So they said, all right, if you can get us a negative test, we'll do the pre-op appointment right now and you'll go to surgery tomorrow. So he sounds, to be, uh-huh. he sounds to be an exception because from my understanding, there's a lot of plastic surgeons that won't do this. Is that correct? Um, I don't know. I don't know because I don't fully understand the rules around the COVID testing and what different surgery centers are requiring because they are privately owned. Well, meaning the explant. I'm talking about the explant. Oh, the explant. Well, he was a surgeon that did explant and that was why I went to him. So so then was, is he an exception or do all plastic surgeons do explants? I don't know if they all do explants, to be honest. Okay. That, and that was something that they had said in the group is you need to find an explant surgeon. There are surgeons now specializing in explants. And this uh-huh. group has a list of the ones they recommend in every state. The ones that were in Arizona were booking out for the following year. That's how busy they were. Wow. Uh, but I did ask my surgeon, I said, how often are you doing explants? And he said he he actually pulled up his calendar and he showed me on his phone. He's doing one a week right now oh at that goodness. time. So he is doing them. Um, yeah. And so praise God. I got the I went and to a to a drive through rapid drive through and I got a negative test. I sent it to the surgery center. I sent it to the surgeon and they were like, all right, you're going to surgery tomorrow. And I couldn't believe it. I was crying. I called Atif and I was like, this is what happened. I I was praying. I asked God for in the next seven days. And he heard me. He heard me. He heard my cry. And he answered my prayer. And I'm going to surgery tomorrow. And I was so grateful because I didn't even have time to get nervous about it. Mm -hmm. It was just happening the next day. You know, I had to just get ready for it. And, um, I had the surgery and I woke up and I had energy immediately. And I, wow. again, the next day, and I had drains, but Eleanor 
my amazing friend Eleanor, if you're listening, I love you. You are incredible. Uh, Eleanor from church, she came and helped me out for two days with the kids. And I was even supposed to be resting them when she was here, but I was still able to just get up. And I had more energy after the surgery probably than before the surgery, which was crazy. And another thing they say to do is take pictures of your face. So I did face pictures before and face pictures after because you can see the redness and the inflammation in your face and in your eyes. Wow. And then days, like day one, day two, day three, the inflammation goes away. The puffiness goes away. The redness goes away. The redness in your eyes. Your eyes become bright white. And, and I was seeing everyone in the, in the group with these women's pictures that they were putting up. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I did it. And I saw the difference in my pictures. And I was like whoa okay so the inflammation that was built up in my body because my body what was happening was my body was really not able to detox and Mm. so um with this foreign object in in my body constantly fighting not only the chemicals of silicone because you know back in the 1940s and 1950s and 1960s i somewhere in there i believe it was they were injecting silicone directly into women's breasts and they died they died because silicone is, um, you know, it, 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 it's toxic. Right. So they thought, well, we'll put it in a capsule instead. So you've still got this toxic thing. And another thing you see in this group is these women's implants that are coming out after 10, 15 years. And a lot of them have ruptured. So they're just oozing out all of this stuff. And even the ones that say they're supposed to be gummy, there's gel bleeds. Um, and these some women are a lot sicker than I was and they say give it one month for every year you had the implants to heal and detox to be a hundred percent and that seemed to be pretty accurate from everyone they there were women that would post six months post explant one year post explant two years post explant and they were like night and day and they were living with some very horrific things some women were really 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 sick with many autoimmune issues so you mentioned silicone, so they are there's silicone and there's saline, right? And so, is it the same with the two types of implants? Yes. Well, one saline has a silicone shell, so it's still silicone. But two, the 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 worst part about the saline implants that they were seeing pulled out was they had black mold floating in them. Now. I got tested for mold and I found I had very high levels of it in my body at the same time, um, just after I had the surgery and same with the heavy metals. Cause my doctor did a whole round. He said, right, we're going to get the implants out. We're going to do the, cause I saw him right after I scheduled my appointment and I told him mm-hmm. about it. He said, we're going to do a mold test. We're going to do heavy metals. He's like, we're going to do lines. We're going to, we're going to test you for everything. All of the big ones. And the ones that came back were the heavy metals. Mold. And the black mold, I believe, was from when I lived in in England. Um, My old apartment I had before I moved to the States had black mold in it. And I was not able to detox. My detox pathways were blocked and slowed down because my body's constantly fighting these foreign objects that are in my body Mm. and creating this. What happens is they say what I read. Again, disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. This is just on the research that I've done from other doctors reading um, what they have written. What happens is when your body is constantly attacking this invade, this invading thing, 
over so long in your body, what happens is it's, it can no longer recognize things and it starts to attack itself. So what happens to a lot of women apparently is the body just starts to attack itself and create all of these sort of autoimmune issues. And I got test retested several months after I had my implants taken out for this sticky blood disorder that they said wouldn't go away. And they retested my blood and it had come all the way down to be on the cusp of negative. Wow. So not only did my POTS go away, my dysautonomia go away, but this autoimmune sticky blood disorder as well. And so um, that only kind of leads me to believe that they're not good. <laughs> and I was waiting for the day that I would be stuck in bed and not able to get up. And it never came. And I'm almost in September, it will be one year. And I can't even believe it's been almost one year. And I got my life back here. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, with that, you, you got them taken out. And each month after month, you've started. So what is life like today without implants? What has changed drastically for you? I know you just mentioned your blood test that came back, you know, almost negative for the sticky blood disorder. But what else, and, and I also heard you when you said that your energy has come back, but have you noticed any other significant change over the last year? Yes, my mood, um, my creativity came back almost immediately. The, the want and the desire, um, the depression, the anxiety, the insomnia, which was a big one because I didn't. I was sleeping so poorly that I thought that that was one that was never going to change. Never mm. did. But mm. what has really blown me away the most is my energy. I can't even believe sometimes how much energy I have and I'm not drinking caffeine. I just have energy mm. and I am so grateful because that was one of my biggest prayers. Every day I was sick was God I just want to have the energy to take care of my children wow as some as as so simple as that sounds when you don't have it and you're sick and you're trying to take care of children and do just basic things to live and you can't because you don't have your health you don't want to live mm -hmm. but you also don't want to die because you don't want to leave your children mm. it's a very dark and depressive place to be and um, I'm very, very grateful that the Lord brought me out of that, not only revealed to me what it was through Artif, which he's done with other things too, and that I actually listened, um, but to made a way as soon as I made the decision, as soon as he revealed and said, okay, this is it, what are you going to do? Made a decision and because he gives us free will. But I'm grateful that I, I could have been suffering a lot longer. Some of these women have been suffering for years and realize what it was and so I'm very Which, passionate about sharing about BII because yeah if people do have them and they have any kind of question about their health mm -hmm. it's definitely something that they should investigate so I love what I love about your story is that like you said there are many women who have been suffering from it for a very long time and what you did was you tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a revealer of truth, right? And so you tapped into it. You asked for, for God to reveal to you what was going on with your body. And he literally revealed to you through your husband and 
sounds like other means as well to confirm what your husband was telling you. And that's what we have as believers is God, we can go to him boldly and ask him what's going Mm -hmm. on. What do I need to do? And the Holy spirit is always speaking. He is our helper. The Bible says he's our helper and he will lead you into all truth. So I love this about your story that you pressed into prayer you pressed into you, you, your desperate in your desperation. You pressed into the Holy Spirit, asking Him to answer you, and you believed Him when you heard Him speak, and you took action. And I just think that's so powerful for us to take away from your story today. Is no matter what's going on in your life, in your circumstances, in your health, you can press into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows all things, and He's the revealer of truth. And mm-hmm. so He will speak truth to you. You can seek Him for answers and he'll give you answers. He'll lead you in the way that you're supposed to go. And so that's one of the awesome things that I love about your story, Megan, is just how you pressed in. So as we are coming to a close here, what would you say to anyone today who might be considering getting breast implants? That's my first question to you. question would be um, what would you say to someone who has breast implants that is maybe has not necessarily considered taking them out um, and or is considering taking them out what would what would be your message to these two groups of women actually sharing my story I've had many women in uh, in both those questions reach out to me um so one of them was a close friend in England and she was considering getting them. But after hearing my story, decided not to, um, which she absolutely doesn't need them. She was another case of she went in for a lift and they wanted to give her breast implants. Mm. I, I would I would say to uh, someone considering getting them is ask yourself why. I mean, our health is everything and it's all we have and the way we look is fleeting and um it's you know it humbles us as we age if i'm if i'm honest but also it's part of aging and it's also a beautiful process mm-hmm. god made us the way he wanted us to be he made us perfectly he didn't make a mistake when it came to how big our breasts are going to be <laughs> he, you know he designed us and for a, for a beautiful specific reason, and it wasn't to appease um, the world standard because, you know, oh, another thing I found out with a lot of women who have them is that they end up just wanting to cover their chest because they just draw in too much attention. Mm-hmm. And I remember with me, I was like, I just want to be covered up. And I, you know, and you end up almost despising them. In another part of the story, I didn't tell and I don't have time to t- say too much, but my mum ended up having hers removed um, three weeks after mine, and it, and it was because she found a lump in her breast, and I just happened to tell her right at the right time before her appointment um, that I was going to have mine removed and the reasons why, and she had a change of heart after hearing what I was going through, that she wished she didn't have them because hers was so big, and she didn't need them and all the, all the reasons of when you get older, you realise perhaps I kind of made a mistake. When- good idea but as we age we realize they're kind of a pain in the butt they're heavy they're very heavy and they change a lot of women's shoulders and their back and they cause back problems and and so 
through me sharing with my mum my mum actually went to her appointment the next day and found out it was silicone leaking hers were leaking and wow. they sent her straight to a surgeon they said we've got to get these out and she was like wow yes please and she had hers removed several weeks after mine and she's very wow. happy yeah so that was just that was all god i'm telling you but just kind of ask yourself really why you're doing it are you really doing it for reasons that i mean you say oh i'm doing it for myself for me but there's a lot of things that come along with it they're super uncomfortable first of all when you're laying on your front <laughs> trying to get a massage or anything like that you know they, they, <laughs> they really are they're not the most comfortable um but the hell just to just to weigh up weigh up the the risks versus the you know you're gonna have to have them changed at some point you're gonna have to have surgery again surgery once means having surgery again Mm. when it comes to breast implants now so that's just something to consider and then the second question someone who's considering removing them um i just had this conversation with someone the other day a couple of days ago someone um called me and was asking me about it and she had was actually part of this group and had been researching and she was older lady and she was kind of going through the same things that my mum was experiencing she's like I really wish I actually didn't get them and she said I don't really have too many health issues I'm just tired a lot of the time but I just don't want them anymore I just want them out of my body mm-hmm. and um, I, you know that kind of happens and because we're going to have to have them removed at some point why, why wait and you know I'm not telling people to just go ahead and have surgery but I am saying like you, people don't want to be in their 60s, 70s having surgery, although there are women in this group doing that. So if it's a decision that you're really, really cons- considering, pray about it and really go with with what you feel is right in your heart, you know, and what's the best thing for your body because only you know that. And I'm only here to just share my story and, and how much of a difference it made for me. I'm not judging anyone that has them. Um Mm-hmm. or anything like that I, and and again I'm not a doctor I'm just sharing my story and the difference without them and how as a woman who basically has no breast tissue and absolutely loves her skin I can mm-hmm. tell you that no matter what you look like you can have confidence without them because I do and I'm so happy I'm so I feel like I got my life back truly that's awesome so you know one of the things I hear is moms who want their body back who who have had babies and have nursed and feel like they have flapping you know breasts (laughs) I love what you just said that you 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 have almost no breast tissue and yet you can walk confident confidently and be comfortable in your own skin but can you speak to that woman who feels like she's uncomfortable in her own skin because of she feels like babies took over her body and so now she wants to do something about it to get her sexy back yeah absolutely um there are you know other surgical options if a woman really really wants to go down that road you just have to be careful with surgeons trying to talk you into an implant because the most beautiful thing that if a woman is really wants to do that to her body is to and I'm not encouraging this okay at all um, but I will say that, like most women that want to go in just to get a lift, get talked into implants, but they really just needed a lift and, mm-hmm. and, and that was it. But that still requires invasive surgery and it still requires pain. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that we really have to consider when we want to go under the knife. And um, I can't, sp- I don't have big, big, massive boobs that, 
you know, I, I, well, I know from after breastfeeding, mine were heavy and were that way. And so it was kind of a relief actually to have them removed in that sense too, because it was like, oh, these are a pain in the butt. But I mean, you have to kind of do what, what you feel comfortable with in your own skin. It's your body. It's your decision at the end of the day. Nobody else's. And um, I just hope that nobody gets bullied into making a decision, especially, you know, people people can be mean even spouses sometimes I've heard stories about spouses kind of being like well they won't let me take my implants out they they're worried about what I'm not and I just think that that hurts my heart so much I just think that's just such a a tough situation to be in because you want to make your spouse happy and you Mm -hmm. want to please them and you want to look good for them but should you have to sort of undergo pain to do that in, you, you know or if you or, or the reverse if you want to be mm-hmm. happy and you want to go through with this and you want to have them removed just to be able to receive that love and support from your spouse to get it done mm-hmm. I mean it's it's it, it's not easy but this is why we need God this is why yeah. we need God I'm I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because we don't have the answers mm-hmm. and through prayer he will reveal to us what is the right thing for us that's okay. what I truly truly believe it's every, he he will make the way and he will respond to us and he will always answer us and he will always tell us the right thing to do and so yeah. any woman out there who is unsure the first thing I'm going to say is pray yes I think that's awesome and I think it's a good point to close on we did go a little long today but I just think that this is such an important story to be shared um, again because so many women do have implants and or and are and are and are um, not feeling well and don't know what's wrong with them and or you know others are considering getting them in without knowing the risks. So I just think that this was a important topic for us to cover. So Megan, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, um, powerful testimony of how the Holy Spirit does speak and minister and guide us and leads us if we're listening. If we want to have ears to hear you will hear him and he'll lead you in the right way and he will reveal truth to you. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me from our conversation today is that the Holy Spirit is a revealer of truth and he, um, he, he guides us and leads us. So press into the Holy Spirit, press in into prayer, um, whether it's this topic for you or anything else that your body might be going through. I mean, there's so many things that our bodies go through and, you know, doctors don't even know what's wrong. Press into the Holy Spirit. He knows all things and he'll mm-hmm. lead you. And mm-hmm. so thank you all for listening today and for um, just your support and your encouragements that we get. Um, we love doing this podcast. We love just being able to share st- our stories and to um, to encourage you. So we hope that you were encouraged today. And if you have any questions around breast implant illness or um, anything breast implant, feel free to reach out to um, Megan. You can DM her on Instagram. She is MNV, which is M as in Megan, N as in Nancy, B as in boy, E-E, right? MNV on Instagram. And so you can DM her. You can also email us at info at unbreakablewomanpodcast.com info at unbreakablewomenpodcast.com. I believe that's what it is. Or is it? No, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> unbreakable wrong. No, woman no, podcast. Yeah, wrong one. I'm thinking, wait. No, I'm like, wait, we don't one. have the info yet. Un- um, un- unbreakable okay. Women Podcast. 
gmail.com. Yes. So we would love to hear from you. Until next time, have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.